This is no April Fool's joke. Our March membership campaign was so successful that we're extending it through the entire month of April. Enjoy 50% off the regular monthly or annual membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code NOFOOLING, one word, to receive 50% off our regular membership price of $50 per year or $5 per month. Members receive access to bonus content, an ad-free listening experience, exclusive blog posts, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. This is a limited time offer, so act now. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code NOFOOLING to receive 50% off. Thank you. It's April 24th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cottonor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. According to Al Jazeera, foreign nations are rushing to get their citizens out of Sudan as rival military factions battle in the capital Khartoum, where millions of residents are trapped inside their homes, many running low on water and food. The eruption of fighting on April 15th between the Army and the Rapid Support Forces paramilitary group has triggered a humanitarian crisis, killed at least 420 people, and left behind charred tanks, gutted buildings, and shops that have been looted and torched. As people attempted to flee the chaos over the weekend, foreign governments began landing aircraft and organizing convoys in Khartoum to pull out their nationals. The United States said special forces using MH-47 Chinook helicopters swept into Sudan's battle-stricken capital from a nearby U.S. base, spending just one hour on the ground to bring out fewer than 100 people. United Kingdom Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said on Twitter on Sunday that members of his country's armed forces had completed a complex and rapid evacuation of British diplomats and their families from Sudan. Germany and France announced Sunday that they had begun evacuating their nationals and those from other countries. Other European countries, including Italy, the Netherlands, and Greece, also said they were planning rescue efforts. Politico is reporting that as the drop-dead date to raise the nation's $31.4 trillion debt ceiling looms with no deal in sight, traders and executives are starting to get nervous that President Joe Biden and Republicans won't resolve the impasse until it's too late. That sparked increasing concern about a potential threat that could rock markets and tilt the world's largest economy into recession. There is this view in D.C. that the market isn't freaking out enough, and that may be true to an extent, said Alec Phillips, chief political economist at Goldman Sachs. But I've been dealing almost exclusively with this issue the last few weeks, and there is actually more concern now than even in 2011 when Standard & Poor's downgraded U.S. debt during a similar standoff. It's just that nobody knows when it's going to happen or what to do about it. How Wall Street investors react to a possible default is crucial because they're the ones who finance the country's enormous debt by buying the securities that the Treasury sells to fund the government. If they shy away from the market, interest rates could skyrocket, squeezing the government, businesses, and consumers. 
According to Politico Europe, Hungary's troubled relationship with neighboring Ukraine spiraled again Friday as Prime Minister Viktor Orban dismissed the country's NATO dreams with a one-word tweet. What? The Prime Minister exclaimed in a Twitter post responding to a Politico article on NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg's declaration in Kyiv on Thursday that Ukraine's rightful place is in NATO. Relations between Budapest and Kyiv are tense. Hungary spent years blocking high-level NATO sessions with Ukrainian officials, ostensibly over concerns about the rights of Hungarian speakers in western Ukraine. And despite condemning Russia's full-scale invasion, Hungary has refused to send weapons to aid its neighbor. Senior Hungarian officials, meanwhile, continue to regularly visit Moscow and maintain close ties to the Kremlin. At the same time, Hungary joining Turkey in blocking Sweden's NATO bid has frustrated Western capitals. Elsewhere, Politico reports that just when you thought Europe's China policy could not be more disunited, the two most powerful countries of the European Union are now also at odds over whether to revive a moribund investment agreement with the authoritarian superpower. For France, resuscitating the so-called EU-China Comprehensive Agreement on Investment, or CAI, is less urgent and just not practical, while German Chancellor Olaf Scholz is in favor of reactivating the agreement, which stalled soon after it was announced in late 2020 after Beijing imposed sanctions on several members of the European Parliament for criticizing human rights violations. Speaking to Politico aboard his presidential plane during a visit to China earlier this month, Macron said he and Chinese leader Xi Jinping discussed the CAI, but just a little bit. Germany has long been the most vocal cheerleader for the CAI due to its scale of manufacturing investments in China, particularly in the car-making and chemicals sectors. Disagreement over the CAI is only one further example of the divergence over China policy in Europe, where Beijing has expertly courted various countries and played them against each other in games of divide and rule over the past decade. According to a Reuters exclusive, Vietnam is in talks with the Czech Republic for military supplies, including aircraft, radars, upgrades of armored vehicles, and firearms, a Czech government source told Reuters, as Hanoi aims to diversify its mostly Russian arsenal. The former Soviet satellite state is seen as being well-positioned to meet some of Vietnam's growing security needs, as its military firms excel in retrofitting Russian gear and often manufacture new equipment that is compatible with Soviet legacy arms, a skill that is particularly well-regarded in Vietnam where 80% of the local arsenal is estimated to come from Russia. An executive at Excalibur Army, which is part of the Czechoslovak group, said talks on possible deliveries of new armored vehicles, rocket launchers, and howitzers were progressing very slowly. The Vietnamese foreign ministry did not reply to a request for comment. The Washington Post continues its reporting on the Discord leaks, This morning, the news outlet reports that in February, with the first anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine days away, 
officials in Kyiv were busy making plans to attack Moscow. Back in Washington, officials were secretly monitoring the Ukrainians' plans. The White House had long worried that attacks inside Russia could provoke an aggressive response from the Kremlin. On February 22nd, two days before the anniversary, the CIA circulated a new classified report. The HUR had agreed at Washington's request to postpone strikes on Moscow. The documents, part of a trove of classified information allegedly leaked on a gaming server by a 21-year-old member of the National Guard, don't explain precisely who interceded and why the Ukrainians agreed to stand down. Ukraine appears not to have held its fire for long. A week after the anniversary, Moscow publicly accused Kyiv of attempting drone strikes on infrastructure in Russia, including near the capital. The Guardian reports that more than 300 foreign correspondents who have worked in Moscow have written to the Russian government to call for the immediate release of Evan Gerskovich, the Wall Street Journal reporter being held on espionage charges, saying his arrest sends a disturbing and dangerous signal about the country's attitude to independent media. Gerskovich, who was detained last month on spying charges that carry a possible 20-year prison sentence, is the first U.S. journalist detained on such charges since the end of the Cold War. Both the Wall Street Journal and the U.S. government have denied that he was involved in espionage. The 301 signatories of the letter include the BBC's Orla Guerin, the former New York Times journalist Bill Keller, John Kampfner, the executive director of the Chatham House think tank, and David Remnick, the editor of The New Yorker. Between them, the journalists have worked for media outlets from 22 different countries. The earliest signatory arrived in Moscow in 1964, while the most recent left in the past few weeks. In lighter news from the AP, a curious toddler last week earned the title of one of the tiniest White House intruders after he squeezed through the metal fencing on the north side of the executive mansion. U.S. Secret Service Uniform Division officers, who are responsible for the security at the White House, walked across the North Lawn to retrieve the tot and reunite him with his parents on Pennsylvania Avenue. Access to the complex was briefly restricted while officers conducted the reunification. Officers briefly questioned the parents before allowing them to continue on their way. It may be the first successful intrusion onto the complex since the White House fence was doubled in height to roughly 13 feet in recent years after a series of security breaches. While taller, the new fence has an additional inch of space between pickets for a total of five and a half inches between posts. Older children have sometimes become stuck in the iconic barrier, which has also been the scene of demonstrations with protesters chaining themselves to the fence. A brief listener note. If you come across a strange but true story that you would like to share, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. The story can cover just about anything, though it should come from a reputable news source and be verifiable. If we use the story, we'll feature it in an upcoming episode of the DSR Daily Brief, along with a shout-out to the person who shared it. That's all the news I have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. 
If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.